I like that trio. That sounded good. Yeah, really good. Well, so glad you came out this morning. Uh, God's here. Amen. And He's got something for you. You might already received it, praise God. I hope you did. Uh, it is as easy as just reaching out and taking it. Uh, the problem is, is we think we have to do something or be something or have to go through, jump a pew and, and be a pastor or go to church so much or pray so much. And it's just as simple as reaching out and taking it. You know that those people that received their healing that, I, that the Spirit of the Lord spoke through there, they weren't even Christians. <laughs> How about that? They weren't even Christians and they received their healing. How much more so you being a son and daughter of the Most High God? Amen? Amen. Amen. Mm, he's so good. We could have just continued on with that. It would have been a great day. Uh, well, I'm glad you're here today. I prayed for you that the right people would be here, that the Lord wanted to be here today. And, and uh, He's got a good word lined up for you. We're going to continue today on the disciplines of faith. And particularly, this is discipline number five. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? And we said, and if you've been here, there's some new people here today, but we said that these disciplines of faith that we're looking at are not a negative thing, they're a positive thing. They're to tweak and turn us and adjust us so that we're walking in the fullness of God. And we all want that. It's just that sometimes we need adjusted. And sometimes we just need to see from the Word of God, by His Spirit, where we just need to adjust a few things and, and we can see all God's promises come forth in our lives. Uh, right before a corporate prayer today, or maybe it was after, Carol made a remark. She said um, that uh, Ryan, Pastor John's son, put something on Facebook about people being 65 or older were old. <laughs> now listen, when I was his age, I agreed with that. I did. I said people 65 are really old. But now that I'm almost 50, you aren't old. <laughs> but it's how we see it. Listen, a 65-year-old to me doesn't seem old now. But to Ryan, it seems old. Looking at the same person, it's how are you seeing things? How do you see it? And that's directly what we're going to be talking about today. How do you see things? What have you allowed your eyes to rest on? Okay? Because you just don't float around with not seeing anything. If you're able to see and God's given us two eyes and you're able to, you have your vision, then you are looking at something at all times. What is it that you're looking at? What have you allowed your eyes to rest on? What are your eyes focused on? What are you focusing on and how do you see it? How do you see it? Do you see it the way the world sees it? Because, boy, the world is really trying to influence the way we see things. Or are you seeing it from a God's perspective? That's what we're going to talk about today. We, I'm not going to go over last week's. You can go even online now and, and listen to those messages. And that's a powerful resource that the church has made available to you. All the healing services, all Pastor John's services, Wednesday night, the weekend. Take advantage of those. Give those to your friends. Give it to family members that are struggling and going through things. But we talked about last week how you use these natural eyes 
to see natural things. Now, we all know that. But you also, if you're a Christian, you have spiritual eyes and you see spiritual things by faith through your spiritual eyes. There is a big difference. Big difference. You see natural things with your natural eyes. You see spiritual things through your spiritual eyes. And you, things that are spiritual are received by faith. If it was natural, then you wouldn't need faith because you could see it. Okay? Our foundation scripture is 1 John 5, 4, that our faith, the faith that God gave us according to Romans 12, 3, is the victory that overcomes the world. Now, I share that every time on the disciplines of faith. I've been sharing that scripture because no matter what's coming against you, your family, your friends, the faith that God's given you and I is more than sufficient to overcome anything that this world would throw at you. That's good news. Amen? That's really good news. That's the Gospel. And we found out last night, Pastor John shared in Romans, that Romans 1.17 says that the righteous shall live by faith. We're to walk by faith. We're to talk by faith. We're to act by faith. Faith is very important. So that's why we're looking at these disciplines of faith. It's so easy to just get a little bit out of adjustment and not see things working the way that we see them working for for other people that you know we think maybe they are elect and they got it down and why isn't that happening for me well these disciplines of faith we said that they are indicators or gauges the same as our in our vehicles that we have a gauge it says you know what you need to check the oil you're almost out of gas hey the coolant's getting very hot those gauges are for our good. They're to tell us that we're either not going to be functioning correctly if you continue to press through, or they say, everything's okay, continue driving. I hope that you look at your gauges. <laughs> These days, you don't even have to look at your gauges because they give you a bell and a whistle and you can just drive and then you hear something, it's like, pull over, man, take care of it. So we're in healing service this morning. In this discipline, discipline number five, as well as all the other disciplines, I don't have time to go reiterate those with you today, but they pertain to every area of our life, not just healing, but we're going to talk regarding healing today. If you're in need of healing this morning, God's already showed up this morning, but He'll continue to be with us. If you need prayer afterwards, I'd be glad to pray with you. But if you need healing physically or mentally, it's what we're looking at has a great influence and effect on our faith. It's a contributor, an indicator of where our faith is and how it can be applied. Have you heard the expression before, well, that's not the way I see it. This is where we ended last week. That's not the way I see it, Pastor Chris. We could be looking at the same thing. And I've had this discussion with my wife at various times. We're looking at the same thing. She said, I don't see it that way. I said, Jared, that's the way it is. <laughs> A lot of times it's a man-woman issue, but you know. But how about this, for example? You go to the doctor. Doctor gives you a report, gives you a bad report, gives you a report that's contrary to what the Word of God says. I hear. So you're both looking at the same thing. Now, I'm not saying. You know, I'm not talking bad about doctors. I'm not saying don't go to doctors. Doctors are ordained by God. They're gifted by God to help us. But you go. And you get a report and it's something negative or it's something contrary to the Word of God. What are you focused on? What are you looking at? I hear what you're saying, Doc. But my Bible says, God says, that by His stripes 
I was healed. I hear what you're saying, Doc. You know, you don't have to say these things to him, but you can walk out of the room. And it's very important to take every thought captive and don't let that thing linger in there too long. According to Psalms 103, He is the God who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Okay, Doc? All right? I hear what you're saying, Mr. Accountant, man. It doesn't look good in the natural. (laughs) But my Bible says, the Word of God says, that He's the God that meets all my needs according to His riches and glory. He says He amply supplies me. My cup overfloweth, and I shall not come behind in any good thing. So why are we behind in things? Why are we still struggling with things that have come against our body? I would say to you, that sometimes we're just a little bit, just a little tweaked. Indicators shown some things, okay? And we push through, maybe ignore them, and continue to run. Well, what happens in a vehicle when the indicators are saying, hey, you know, uh, this is the vehicle and it was set up by some engineers that if you continue to push through, what happens? You have a breakdown. Find yourself alongside the road with your thumb out, you know, or calling AAA. We don't want those things to happen to us, okay? So... That's why the Lord's laid upon my heart to share on these disciplines of faith, and I hope they're blessing you. And we're going to look at some of these things today. Okay? I know it looks impossible. You might be having people say that to you right now. Family members. Listen, guys, some of the greatest resistance I've had has been through family members. They love me, but they just couldn't see it the way I saw it, the way the Lord laid it upon my life. When I, uh, I didn't give up the business, but I, I kind of did to come in ministry when I believe God called me in ministry, I had people, including family, that could not understand that I would give up 26 years of working that business to come do ministry. They just couldn't see that. Now they do, but they couldn't see it then, you know. So things people aren't going to see it the way you see it a lot of times. That should not deter you. You should be looking and focusing on the author who authored your life, who gave you the faith, The one that's perfecting it, and he's perfecting you by coming to healing service, by studying the scriptures, by praying in the morning, praying throughout the day, and by coming to services on the weekend. He's perfect, and he will finish it. You look unto Jesus, okay? And the world and and family members, I'm, I'm going to say to you, sometimes don't see it the same way you do. We're looking at the same thing. Do not let that deter you. Nothing should deter you. Amen? Okay? For he has all the answers. We're going to look at a couple examples of these things today. Ryan and Carol were looking at the same thing, but they saw it differently. Okay? Example, Abraham. Remember that Abraham is the father of faith? He believed God. It was credited unto him as righteousness. He believed God against all odds. He believed God even when people said he was a crazy old man. You know, how could you possibly be a father of many nations? And why would you... Uh, call yourself that you're well up in years and your wife is well beyond childbearing years you think of all the resistance abraham and sarah had it, they, it was no different than it is today and we even gave a little example of that last week remember <laughs> with i over here i said you know if i was to ask Dottie to to marry me and let's have a let's have a baby Dottie, what do you think okay picture that okay it's no different okay we think all oh, abraham and sarah no, it'd be no different than today. All right? So they had to go through some things. But I want you to see how God helped Abraham today. 
And I want this, this is maybe going to, I hope it will speak to you. If not today, this will speak to you in the future. How he helped Abraham and Sarah believe and, and, and also attain what he had promised them. Remember how he said to Abram, I want you to change your name to Abraham. I want you people, I want you to have people start calling you Abraham. So Sarah, Sarai was calling Abram, Abraham. And we looked at last week, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10:17. He heard that so much that people calling him Abraham. People were just pacifying. Okay, crazy old man, I'll call you whatever you want it can be called. You want me to call you Abraham? I'll call you Abraham, but you ain't going to be no father of many nations. He heard that so much from Sarah and from the people that it took root down inside here to where he actually could see himself being the father of many nations. Not on the outside, but with his spiritual eyes. It's so important. I want, to, I want you to see today how God even helped him with things in the natural. Okay, We a lot of times make things out to be so spiritual that I want you to see today how God helped the Father of faith with natural things also. How gracious our God is. How patient our God is. You know that Abraham and Sarah had many reasons to give up. They had uh, many opportunities to say, this isn't working. Listen, they had to stand for a while. All right? I'm not saying you're going to have to stand for a while. They stood for a while. Okay? And, and, and God still worked with them. They got discouraged. They even took things into their own hands. And you might have done that also. That's all right. Okay? We're looking at things today. All right? Get, get focused. Get, get, get your eyes back on Jesus. Just get tweaked a little bit, turned a little bit. That's what we're looking at. Not only did God teach Abraham that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. He gave him the Word that he was going to be a father of many nations. He heard that over and over and over, that it took root. He also confirmed it by his sight. And that's what we're looking at today, is how do we see things? What are we looking at? Using his spiritual eyes. This is very powerful, guys. We have already said that Abraham had many opportunities to get discouraged, to get in unbelief. Just think, living in this world will give you many opportunities to get into unbelief, to give you doubt. That God's Word is truth. Discipline, step number one. His Word is truth. We put it first place and we do not back off. Remember what God told Abraham? He said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations and through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. How in the world could that happen? How does that happen? Is that real to you or is that just a story you learned in Bible and in, in Sunday school? He kept Abraham focused. It wasn't... Uh, that uh, it was just faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. He didn't have Romans 10.17. He had a word from God, and it said that Abraham believed God. But I want you to see through all that time that it took the time he said, I'm going to make you father of many nations till he got that little baby, that God helped him. And here's how He helped him. He told him, He said, I want you to look at the sand on the seashore, Abraham. Let's make this real. I, you heard the word that I gave to you, but I want you to keep yourself focused on that word. And this is going to help you, Abraham, do this. This is going to keep you diligent. This is going to keep you disciple, uh, disciplined to be able to stand and believe that word. He says, look at the sand on the seashore. Now, every time I go to the beach, and we go to the beach every year, I put myself in remembrance of this, and I look at all that sand, and I think of Father Abraham. And I think, can you count all the grains of sand on the seashore? Come on, can you? 
no way, no way. Not likely. God said, look at the sand and so shall your descendants be. God gave Abraham something to keep his spiritual eyes focused on. Now remember, Abraham didn't have the B-I-B-L-E. He had a word from God and then he was to walk that out. And then he said, oh, by the way, Abraham, you know, when it gets dark and you can't see anymore and you can't see the sand underneath your feet, he says, I want you to look up at the stars in the sky. I put those stars up in the sky, Abraham. And can you count all the stars in the sky? It's been clear this last month. It's been like really cool to be able to go out and see the planets and see the, the stars. But he said, I want you to go out. And he says, I want you to keep focused on my word. So shall your descendants be as numerous as the stars are in the sky. So he had Abraham covered. He had Abraham focused. In the daytime, if, if Abraham's faith wavered in what God said way back when, he could look down at the sand and he could say, God's word said, my descendants shall be as numerous as all this sand. And he said, when I can't see the sand anymore, I look up into the sky and I see the stars. And so shall my descendants be. He was developing in Abraham a focus. Okay? It had been easy for him to back off and not apply his faith. I'm saying to you, you cannot back off. You get your word out of the Bible. You get your word from the Holy Spirit. You get your word and you cannot back off. You have to stand on that word. You have to apply your faith. And, and you have to, even when it gets dark and you can't see anymore, and maybe there's somebody in this room today that it's kind of dark right now and you haven't been able to see clearly, I would say to you, put yourself into remembrance and look up at the stars at night and say, my God, put those stars up there. And just as he told Abraham that his descendants will be as numerous as the stars are in the sky, God's promise to me shall come to pass. Amen? Amen. We have the Bible, God's Word to focus on. Abraham didn't have that. We can look up the promises and we are to keep those promises before us day and night. Okay? We, we have the Word of God. We have His Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The same Spirit that guided and led Jesus through His walk here on this earth is the, is the same Spirit that we have. We have His Word. We have teaching. We have teachers and pastors and preachers and, and we have all these things and yet we're, we're not keeping focused. And I would say to you that when you find your word pertaining to your situation, whether it's healing or whether it's peace or finances or relationships, you don't back off. You keep that word before you. I know you've heard this all before, but I want you to hear it in, in the way the Lord laid this out. And if you get discouraged, get yourself to the closest beach that you can find and look at all that sand and when you get discouraged and you can't see it anymore you look up at that sky and you look at all those stars and if God is no respecter of persons and we know He isn't that what He did for Abraham He will do for you and I. Amen? Same principle, different word. You cannot back off. You have to stand upon it. Okay? We have God's Word. We have the Bible to focus on to keep our eyes on. We also have Jesus to keep our eyes focused on and to look at and observe. So if you and I will focus and keep our eyes on the author and the perfecter and the finisher of our faith, uh, Hebrews 12, 2, we shall have whatsoever we saith. Mark 11, 23. Mark 11, 24. 
don't back off. So important. If I doubt it, God's promises, if I doubt His Word, if I cannot see that down on the inside of me, it's going to be very difficult for that to ever manifest on the outside where I can see with these natural eyes. I have to get that down on the inside of me and I have to feed that Word. That Word is seed. And that seed goes down into the ground of my heart. And I got to feed that seed. I got to water that seed. I got to take care of that seed. I got to keep the weeds out of there. And when I just continue to look and meditate and feed on the Word of God and I continue to water it by, by meditating and looking to it, then that Word will eventually drop down into that good ground and it will start producing. Without producing a root, you cannot have no fruit. Okay? And we want the fruit, but you got to have the root first. Okay? Believe me, I know what I'm speaking about. No roots, no fruit. That's what I used to do for a living. It takes discipline, though, to keep focused. It takes discipline, guys. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. If somebody would stand up here and say, well, it doesn't require discipline to keep focused, they would be lying to you. You and I know that. Let's look at some Scripture to back it up. Proverbs 4. These are from our Scriptures. Proverbs chapter 4. Talking about what are we looking at? What are we keeping our eyes focused on? And whatever you need today. If you need healing, this will pertain to healing. If you need finances, this will pertain to finances. If you need relationships restored, this will pertain to those. Whatever you're in need of, these scriptures that we're going to look at will pertain to every one of those areas. That's what's so great about God's Word. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 27. It says, My son, or it says, My daughter, give attention or attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. There we go. Underline that. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. How do you keep them in the midst of your heart? By keeping them in front of your eyes. By focusing on them. For they are life to those who find them. What's life? The Word. That's seed. And they are health to all their flesh. Another translation says they are medicine to all our flesh. So you've got to get your Word from God and you've got to plant that down inside your ground and you've got to see that thing developing. You've got to see it with the eyes of faith. You've got to see it with your spiritual eyes. Listen, guys, you're not going to see it with the natural eyes. Not initially. You see it with your spiritual eyes before you'll ever see it with these natural eyes. And what I do is I get God's Word, His promises, which are all yes and amen to those who are believers, Okay, I stick that thing down in my heart. How do I do that? By constantly looking to the Word of God, by meditating on it, by inclining my ears to what He's saying. And I keep them. I do not let them depart from my eyes. See, we're, we get like, uh, we back off way too easily. And we get a promise. I'm talking to myself here. And we know it to be true. There's nobody in here doesn't doubt God's Word. But we back off it. We don't keep it before our eyes. And I'd say that we're more inclined to keep, my mom used to call it the boob tube, the boob tube more in front of our eyes than the, than the Word from God. And, and, and so, 
What are you constantly putting in? What are you constantly looking at? Listen, if you're looking at that TV for six to seven hours, three to four hours, two hours, and that's residing in you and you're constantly looking at that, that's what's going to drop down inside here. And eventually, whatever you're looking at, you're going to be continuing to feed it and it's going to eventually grow up out of here to when it comes out of your mouth, discipline, faith number four, and you speak it, then you will have it. So that's why it's so important for you and I. You're saying, Pastor Chris, I need to read the Word of God 24-7, 360. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you find your promise. You keep that on the dash of your car. You keep that across from the, the, the bathroom facility where you look in the mirror. You keep that thing before you at all times. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want your healing? How bad do you want your peace? How bad do you want it? It's available. It's yours. It's yours. God's already provided for you. The blood's already been covered. I mean, it's yours. But what are you willing to do? Are you willing to stay focused? Let's go back into the verse. Um, Here we go. This will confirm it. Verse 23. Keep your heart or your garden, your ground, with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Well, we all want that life, that Zoe life, that completeness, the God kind of life. How can we keep it with all diligence? is by not letting these words depart from our eyes. Put away from you deceitful mouth. Can't speak negatively. Can't speak like the world. Can't speak like what the neighbors are saying and what maybe some family are saying. No, i got to speak what God says. Okay? Put perverse lips far from you. Well, uh, I'm praying and trusting that none of us got perverse lips here. And let your eyes look straight ahead. And your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. What's that talking about? I would say to you, going to R-rated movies, watching garbage on TV we shouldn't be watching, listening to things on the radio that are contrary to the Word of God. We, We talked about allowing ourselves to get in conversations where we have no business being in conversations. Just idle talk. Gossip. That's, that's, that's what's evil. That's what's deceitful. You've got to remove your feet from those positions. You've got to get yourself out of there. God has already provided a way out. You've got to get yourself out of there. That requires discipline. Okay, but you can do it through the grace of God, through the Holy Spirit guiding and leading you into all truth, showing you things to come. Bring into remembrance. Let's look at another one. Joshua 1.8. Remember that Proverbs 20-27 to because that's what we're talking about with the whole emphasis of this study is, is keeping your eyes focused on the Word of God. And keeping it before you. One of my favorite Scriptures is this Scripture here, Joshua 1.8. Because I like Joshua. He went up against uh, unbelievable odds. And he always come out on top. And how did he come out on top? Why was he so special? Why was he different than the other ten people that looked through the same... Remember last week we looked at looking through the same brush, seeing the same giants, seeing the same walls? Why was Joshua any different than those other ten? Joshua and Caleb. Let's look at Joshua 1.8. This is a powerful scripture. You ought to underline, underline or highlight it if you don't already have it underlined. This book of the law, what's that? The Bible, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, 
For then you, who, God? Who's he talking about? Who, you? Who's you? Me. That's you. Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. How can I be prosperous? Who wouldn't want to be prosperous? Who wouldn't want to have good success? You all do. We all want that. How can I do that? It says that I will make my way prosperous. How can I make my way prosperous? By observing to do all that is written in the Word of God. By finding my Word that's pertaining to my situation and keeping that thing right before me. By meditating on it day and night. What's that mean, Pastor Chris, meditating? Because people get hung up on this day and night thing like acknowledging me in all your ways, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. How can I do that and still live and go to work and go to school and deal with the kids and clean the house and, and deal all... How can I do it? It's just keeping it in front of you. I mean, you know how much idle time you have. We say we're really busy, but you know what? Walking from here back to my office, I'll just start praying in the Spirit. I'll just keep that Scripture out in front of me. And when I'm riding in the car... You know, instead of listening to something that might be contrary to what the Word of God says, how bad do you want it? That's what it comes down to, guys. How bad do you want it? Okay, because it's available to you. And I learned that a long time ago. You know what? All God's promises are available. And they're all true. And they're all yes and amen. But how bad do you want to discipline yourself to go get it? I looked at a pastor that I looked up to, my spiritual father. And I thought, wow, this guy's got a spiritual call in his life. I, it was Kenneth Copeland. Okay? And, and I thought, man, that guy, he's, he's I don't know, I mean, he, he must be some special man of God. And I'll never forget, I was at a conference, and he was sharing about, he felt the same way about his spiritual father. And he says, I looked at that man and I said, man, God must have a call on his life and he must really have anointed him and he must be something special set apart. And God really spoke to him and he said, no. He said, I want you to observe what that guy's done to get in that position. You just look at the outcome right now and see, that's how we're looking at it. We're looking at the fruit right now. I can tell you this from being in business and and there's my employees and people think, wow, Look at this. You got this and that. They don't know the 25 years that I worked my tail end off, you know. Okay? There's things behind the scenes. There's things that happened, you know. But he said, I observed that man. This is what Copeland said. I observed that man. And I went back and I, I, I asked people, what did he do? And, and he found out this guy separated himself. And he put himself alone and got alone with God, and how much time he spent in the Word, and, and how much time in prayer. And he's like, the Lord said to him, you want it? I'm no respecter of persons. You can have the exact same thing, and even more than that. You discipline yourself and do what he did. Now, he had a choice there, and it came back to me then too. I had a choice. I look at Kenneth Copeland's life, and I'm thinking, I, want, I, you know, I, I, want, I don't want him. I don't want to be him. I'd like to have the results that he's having. I'd like to have an effect on this world that he's having. And, and you know, other people too. You know, and Pastor John. And what did those people do? You, you know Pastor John's life. He, you know, he gave up some things. For you, for me. Uh, uh, diligence. Discipline. Okay? Anything worth having requires discipline. Okay? There's no getting around it. Let's keep looking at scriptures, okay? James one twenty five. 
James 1.25. I, I get sometimes worked up over that because I understand, you know, I know what it takes. A lot of people just see, wow, look at that big building on a hill. You don't know all the nights and all the days and uh, giving up things and uh, not being there like for uh, family and friends all the time because you, you've, you've heeded to God's call. So, uh, nobody said this was going to be an easy thing. This might not be an easy message for you to hear. But I'm saying to you, it is available to you. It's available to you. And that's, that's the promise. That's the good news. Okay? And His grace, His anointing will help you. Uh, James 1.25, it says, But he or she who looks into the perfect law of liberty, into the Word, and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Sounds like Joshua 1.8 to me. Sounds like Proverbs 4, 20 to 27. I like that word liberty though. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, who doesn't want to be set free? Who doesn't want to be free from this world and through all the, the ugliness and darkness and stuff? Well, God's saying to you, keep my word in front of you. My perfect law of liberty, keep that in front of you. So you, and it goes, liberty goes right along with John 8.32, you know that one. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Free is liberty. Liberty is freedom. Okay? Look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Looking at... What are you looking at? We're observing what are we keeping our eyes focused on. 2 Corinthians 3... Verses 16 to 18, it says this. It says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. There you go, Carol. You email um, Ryan back and tell him. <laughs> you tell him. 65 isn't old, and I'm being renewed day by day on the inside. You just can't see it yet, bud. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment... Okay, that affliction of getting a Facebook that we're old at 65 is working for us a far more exceeding eternal way to glory. But here's what here's the verse. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. That scripture there will just turn your life around. But you'll get total opposition from the world because the world moves by what they see. I got to see it to believe it. We talked last week about doubting Thomas. We talked about uh, other people in the Bible that they had to see those things. Philip, remember? And he said, I, I have to see it to believe it. And it's saying right here, but the things which are... We do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which we're seeing are temporary. Things we see with the natural eyes, guys, if you put a dependency on them, if that's what you're looking at day in and day out all the time, I'm telling you, they are subject to change. Even these outside bodies are subject to change. They're changing every day. Okay? We're not looking to the things on the outside. We're looking through things through spiritual eyes. What happens when we look into a mirror? It reflects back to us what we behold. So when you look into a mirror, what do you see? 
And I've shared this before with you, but you know, I get up in the morning and I splash some water on my face to just get myself to be able to think right. And I look in that mirror and I said, I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't feel like that some days. I might not look like that some days. Maybe my hair's all out of place. <laughs> uh, just, you know, just don't feel like, you know, worthy. But God's Word says He's made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have right standing with my Lord. And I can think right. And I can talk right. And I can act right. And if I can think, talk, and act right, then I shall have the same results that He has. I believe that now. I've said that to myself so much that I actually believe it now. Is that not Romans 10:17? Faith cometh by hearing. Now, when I first started saying that, people were like, "Who do you think you are? You, you, uh, you know." And, and I could have backed off. And it's so easy to be backed off, guys. It's so easy to take our focus off of what God says because just someone opposes it or someone thinks it's wow, that's that's way out there. You could say you think like God, talk like God, and act like God. Well, I kept pushing through. And I kept believing it, and I kept saying it, and saying it, until now I believe it. I believe it. And I pray and hope that it is accomplishing that, that I do have the same results that He has. I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. We're not going to be perfect, but I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? You too. Okay? The Word of God is to be a mirror that reflects who we really are. And I know you've heard that a million times, but when I look at this, it's like looking into a mirror. We're looking at it through our spiritual eyes. And if I look through it natural eyes, sometimes I have a hard time maybe even understanding how that could pertain to me. But when I ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to me, speak to me before I open up the Word of God, and I go seeking and knocking and asking, and when I open up this Word of God, I need to look at that and that should be a mirror just like I'm looking in a, a mirror in the in the bathroom or in the in the car and it should be everything that I'm reading there saying that's who I am. What's Joel say? This is who I say I am. This tells me what I can do, what I can have and what I can be. That's so true. So true. That's the attitude we ought to have. You will have to use your spiritual eyes though to see it clearly like that. That requires discipline. 2 Corinthians, you're right there. Verses, or chapter 4, 16 to 18. Wow, time's flying here. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. We just read that one. I'm sorry. The world judges according to the outward appearance. It's not so with God. Things are not always as they appear. How many of you know that to be true? Things aren't always as they appear. Have you ever heard the expression, I'll never look at it like that again. <laughs> I'll never look at it, or I never saw it like that before. How about, I just couldn't see it. I just couldn't see it. You know, I, just, I didn't see it coming upon me. I didn't see it coming up on me. How many times have we heard that? Why? Were their eyes closed? No. Their eyes weren't closed, not the natural eyes. But they were looking at it from a natural standpoint. When something comes up on you, when something takes you off guard, you know that we are never to be taken off guard. Wow, that's pretty wild, huh? You know there is no such thing as an accident. You know how much time and effort the enemy put forth to get a car 
and another car to come together in an intersection. There's no such thing as an accident. We should never be taken off guard. We're to be led by the Holy Spirit. Did Jesus ever find Himself on the short end? Huh? Was He ever not prepared for anything? And even when they did surround Him, He walked right through. He said, the things that I do, you shall do. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself being able to walk through extreme circumstances? Do you see yourself being able to keep it cool and have a, a, a God perspective when all hell's breaking loose? You need to. If the devil, discipline, step number four, if he knows how to get you rattled or he sees what rattles your boat and he sees and says something and he has you, he, he sees that you speak that out, well, what in the world would he have to come up with something new for? He just keeps using the same old thing. He's a persistent cuss. He just and he sees he doesn't have anything new. He but he doesn't a lot of times he doesn't need anything new. Not no more with us. We sing and love the song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. Say the wretch like me. I once was blind, but now I see. What's that mean? I was once blind, but now I see. You mean I didn't have eyesight? No. You know what? The day that you and I got saved, the minute that you and I got saved, the second you said, Jesus, we now can see with our spiritual eyes. I once was blind, and believe me, I was blind. You were too. But I was really blind. Okay? And now I see. And oh, how glorious it is that now I see. Hallelujah. How about you? I mean, I see and I know the same things that are going on in this world and the messed up world we live in. I see the same things they do. doesn't affect me. My hope's in the One who created me. Uh, I'm not moved by what I see. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with some things. I'm no different than you. I'd be lying if I was telling you I'm not dealing with things. I'm dealing with some things. I'm dealing with some things, but you know what? I'm not moved by them. I'm not moved by them. I'm moved by the Word of God. Now, that'll move me. That shakes and moves me. You know that. But And I hope it does to you too. It's got to be real to you. Okay? Um, got to look for a place to end this. I'll end it on this. Uh, you know that I oversee the healing team training. And that's a great study and a great class. And if you've never been through that, you need to go through that. Turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians. And we're going to end it right here. Okay? So we're going to end it right now. But I want to tell you a short little story here. I think it will bless you. I know it will. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Now, what I'm going to share with you guys, this happened two years ago. And... and Please hear my heart. It, I, I don't share the like this lightly. And I haven't shared it a lot because I know some people uh, it would be extreme. Okay? I've never shared it with my family. Uh, they don't believe exactly in some things like we do. But hear me out on this one and, and hear it if it, it wouldn't be true. Okay? But I was studying for the healing team training and man, I really get into it when I do that. And I've done it numerous times and the same scriptures, same passages. And I'm just having a good time in the Lord. 
in my study. I do mine in early morning, like 5 o'clock I get up and that's when I spend my time with the Lord before the kids and stuff get up. And I'm just having a good time in the Word of God. He's speaking to me. And I've been dwelling and meditating and looking at these Scriptures. And I want to just share with them, share them with you. In Ephesians 2, 5-6 to it says, Even when we were dead in trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. In Ephesians 1, right on the page before that, verses 20 to 23, it says, well, look at verse 19. We know these Scriptures. And what is the succeeding greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him up from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name but His name, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And He put all things under His feet and gave Him to be head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. Now, we've read that Scripture over and over. That's a big one in our church. But here's what happened to me. I'm meditating on Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2. And, and hear me out. I never had it happen to me before. Never had it happen to me since. I had an out-of-body experience. And what was doing, I was meditating on these Scriptures and I was reading what happened to Jesus and where God took Jesus when He raised Him from the dead. It says He seated Him at His right hand far above every principality, power, and might, and dominion. And then it said over here, it said He made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I saw it. I mean, I saw it before hundreds of times, but I saw it. And I was sitting, I was up at ceiling height, looking at myself in my lazy boy, flipping through the scriptures, reading. Isn't that wild? Okay, no, this is true. I'm telling you. I was up in the ceiling of my den, looking down at Chris in the lazy boy, reading and studying and getting excited about Ephesians 1 and 2. And the Lord said to me, as I was looking down at myself doing that, he said, this is the perspective that you need to have at all times in every situation. You are seated with me in heavenly places now. Now. Okay? And I'm telling you guys, it's changed my life. It's changed my life because I now look at it through my spiritual eyes and I look at it through where I'm seated seated. And I'm seated far above every principality and power and might and dominion in every name of His name, not only in this age, but also in those to come. And everything is under my feet because I'm seated beside the Master. So, when things come against me, when things don't look right, when things uh, are contrary to what the Word of God says, instead of me looking at them from the natural, sitting in my lazy boy, I take myself back and I remember, and i got to put myself in remembrance of this all the time, it, it requires discipline, that I need to have a heaven's perspective. And I need to look at that situation before I get myself all ruffled and bent out of shape. I need to look at it from my real position, seated beside the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I look at it from that perspective, shoot, what can separate me from my love of God? I am more than a conqueror. 
He always causes me to triumph. I always walk in victory. I come behind in no good thing. I am more than a conqueror through Him who loves me and seated me right beside Him. And He seated you right beside Him too. And I'll leave you with that. There's a lot more I wanted to share on that, but we'll get back into it next time. Uh, whenever you're looking, whenever a circumstance or whenever something comes against you, a situation, I challenge you and I exhort you, my brothers and sisters, to look at it from a heaven's perspective, from where you're really seated, from where your position is. And I'm telling you, you will never look at things the same again. And that's the way Jesus moved and grooved on this earth. He was not rattled. He always had the right answers. He always was prepared in every situation. And you and I can be the exact same way. Amen? Is that good news? All right, I love you. Praise God. If anybody needs prayer, you can come up and we'll pray for you. Uh, No, I'm sorry. Next week is Stravaganza and Easter. We do not have a healing service next week. So the following week, Pastor John Spencer will be leading. Yeah, come back to Stravaganza and help. Yeah. Yep.